Brothers and boys, Sats B, we're back for another Disruptors Den with my homie, Ravi. Tonight we're talking all about imposter syndrome. If you have it, how you deal with it? If you don't have it, you're lying because we all have it. Stay locked. We're getting into the den in a few minutes. Let's go. It's your boy, Sats B. No, after you change your picture, I didn't recognize you for a while. I got used to it. No, I was like fooling around with pictures to see which which one fits, you know. Mm -hmm. I think I like this one better. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Clubhouse is funny. Like when people change your pictures, it's like you you change your identity. Like uh, it's hard to find find being an imposter today, you know. (laughs) Good one. Cool. Priyant, what's up? Yeah, hot, hot day. Oh my god, but I love it. So I'm good. I'm complain. <laughs> no, bro, this is my uh, final transformation for today. It was an adventurous day in Clubhouse for me. So <laughs> awesome, cool. We have someone new in, uh, in the audience today, Darshan. What's up? I just I literally had a conversation with him. Um, we saw 15 minutes before and added him on to Clubhouse. He's like literally new to Clubhouse and he's joining here. Uh, joining us for his first time. So Darshan, what's up? If you f- figure this out and uh, want to say, uh, you know, check it out, put your hand up, love to have you up here uh, and say a few words, but no pressure. Okay, you're, you're diving right into it, coming up. Darshan, oh, what's up? Always, oh, thank you, Ravi. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for joining me. I was actually letting me on this platform. I was actually listening to another, I was in another, another room, I think it's called, I don't know. And then- yep. Yep. These guys were go these guys were going off about like um, it was this this guy was talking about this uh, the other person another person in their profile and how they can gain more business or traction from it. It's pretty cool. I guess, I guess this platform's uh, it's going to be fun to to dive in and see see what's on here. Definitely. Uh Satish. Check check 1212. Yes. <laughs> what's up? I missed you guys yesterday, man. 
Yeah, um, man, it was a good one. Life, you know, life. So, uh, <laughs> and and I, like I was thinking, maybe I'll log on and just sort of leave it on the side. But then I'm not good at multitasking. I, I've learned mm-hmm. that way late in life. That I just got to do one thing, just stay zoned in it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yep. and I take on two or three things, and all of it suffers. So I missed you guys, but I'm excited for today. I love this topic. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Uh, Tarshika's recommendation. Yep. Tarshika yeah. sponsored this. Hey. Okay. I recommended it, and Ravi asked me to do it. Um, so here I am. Amazing man, you're moderating with us today, which is amazing for all of those folks that are joining us slowly amazing uh if you want to put your hand up and say what's up please do Uh, we try to create uh, speaking opportunities for everybody even if you want to go against the topic if you have a different opinion all opinions are good my name is satish i'm one of uh the moderators today um i'm a serial entrepreneur a couple of businesses that exited thank god and now i'm in the education space and I'm on a mission to help parents who are taking on the role of education at home get the same access to curriculum and resources and support because they're championing their kids by themselves without any support. So that's what I'm doing uh, 40 hours a week trying to figure out how to build this business. Um, over to Ravi, and then we'll jump into Toshika to set up the topic for today. Definitely. Satish, I know I know you're doing more than 40 hours a week. I've seen your hours. Nah, you're, man. you're running startup hours, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm too old to do the the old version now. Now I got discipline, and <laughs> okay, and, 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 and two kids that know how to put me in my place. Okay, so what you're saying is, hustle while you can before you have kids, or just change the way you hustle because you know Ooh. once yeah. well, they they think I'm going to bed and then they don't know I go back downstairs to work. <laughs> nice. I I actually had a call with Karen uh, who I met on Clubhouse. Uh, today, it's it's funny, this week I've been meeting people of Clubhouse, off of Clubhouse, and actually get to know them. And Kieran was actually saying the same thing, you know, he puts his kids to bed. And, uh, you know, it's generally like uh, two, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning where he joins us uh, from the UK. Uh, but he does it because he loves the conversation. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, guys, cool. So this is the Disruptors Den. Um, we're your host today. Uh, Tarshika is joining us. Uh, today, you know, I'm loving this because this is like an open-ended conversation today. Like, you know, it's not just tech-related; it's not just innovation-focused. This is like a, a very heavy-ended topic. Um, for me, you know, I've been in an innovation space for a long time. I started my first company when I was 17. Uh, being an imposter is all I do. I, I mean, I've been, you know, off of uh, starting companies. It's uh, you know, any kind of job I've had has always been a sales job. And part of selling is, you know, you don't really fully understand the product, especially as jumping in. You kind of, you kind of trial by fire. You learn. Being an imposter is, uh, is is part of that, right? And I've gotten so ingrained to that, I didn't even think about this. So the first time I thought about imposter syndrome was introduced to me by Travis uh, on this podcast we did, where he openly started talking about how he felt like he was an imposter. And, uh, you know, and what he's doing. And I'm like, if Travis, you know, this guy who has built this, you know, this knowledge engine for... Uh, for math education, you know, raise $20 million, $100 million company, such a systematic thinker. If he feels out of place and an imposter, then what am I? And it really made me start thinking and question this idea of, okay, maybe I am an imposter. Maybe I, I got too used to being an imposter, but what does that mean? So, Darshika, I'm really glad you brought this topic up because it's making me think more about this. Uh, and I'm, I'm loving the idea of digging di- uh, deeper into this. Um, so I'll leave it to you. Uh, what does this mean? What does this, what does imposter syndrome mean? What does it mean uh, to you? Uh, and uh, what does using it mean? Awesome. Um, so uh, I guess, um, I think I know everyone in this room um, and uh, they know me, but I'll just do a quick uh, introduction. Uh, so my name is Darshika. Um, my background is in HR. Um, I work um, in uh, the telecom space, uh, managing the uh, campus program. So I do work with a lot of um, university and college students, bringing them in as emerging talent and uh, setting them up for success in a leadership program. Um, so with that being said, uh, that was my quick uh, five minute uh, introduction. I'll start off with the definition of uh, imposter syndrome because uh, I, I don't think everyone here really knows what that is. Um, so quick like Wikipedia instruction. Um, it's a psychological um Um, pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, 
or accomplishment um, and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Despite external evidence of their competence, um, those experiencing this phenomenon remain convinced that they are actual frauds and do not uh, do not deserve um, all that they have achieved. Um, so that's kind of the, the definition. I know it's, uh, it's at first you might be going, huh? Like, what does that mean? Um, but um, I'm pretty sure that everyone in this room has experienced it at one point or another in their lives. Um, but um, think about um, think about a scenario where, um, you know, have you ever felt like you don't know what you're doing? Have you ever felt out of your depth, like a fraud, um, and just kind of uh, had to guess or bullshit it, bullshit your way through the situation, petrified that at any given time, someone was going to call you out on it. Um, you've gone uh, through school, uh, you have a good education, um, you have some work experience, but you're walking into your job or professional space not knowing what's really happening around you. And you have to figure out how to get around this, this uh, internal feeling like you're not skilled enough, like you're not experienced enough or qualified enough to justify um, you just being there. Um, so it's not a fear of failure or fear of being unable to do it. It's more of a sensation of getting away with something, a fear that, um, a fear of being discovered that at any time someone is going to figure this out and you're going to be exposed as a fraud. Um, with that being said, it's not all bad. There is goodness in, in these feelings. And it's really about harnessing these feelings and turning them into a, a force for good. Um, so that's what kind of my thought process on it is. Um, so I think with that being said, um, um, I, like, I really want to open this up um, to be an open dialogue. Um, I want to hear everyone's experience with imposter syndrome. Um, now that we've established the, the meaning and the definite definition behind it and, you know, like, what did you, what did everyone go through and um, how mm. did you kind of harness it? So before we, we jump to the Tarshika, I mean, could you, you know, point to a story or a moment in your life where yeah. you felt like an imposter? Yeah. So, yeah. So for me, um, I mentioned before that it, it's it's not um, it doesn't happen um, only in professional settings. It can happen in your personal life, too. Um, so I'll share I'll share something personal. Um, so for me, because I work with a lot of younger people, um, the way uh, the way that I look <laughs> the way my personality, my character, um, the way that I even dress or, or speak, um, a lot of uh, the, the younger people, they, they kind of think that I'm one of them and they converse with me in that kind of way. Um, and I just, I just kind of go with it, right? Like I have this fear in me that if I expose myself as someone who's older or in a different stage um, of life, or the fact that even I'm a mom and I have three kids, um, I have this Check. fear that no. they are no. going to stop engaging with me or they're going to start feeling like they can't resonate with me. Um, they can't, uh, or she, she can't relate to what I'm going through. Cause I'm only like, you know, I'm just starting out like adult life. So I kind of go with the flow um, until I feel comfortable enough to, uh, you know, say like, hey, this is kind of, this is who I am and this is kind of my life. But in the process of going through that, I feel like a fraud. <laughs> and I feel like, oh my gosh, they're going to find out like I've been lying, not lying to them, but really what I'm doing is I'm waiting for a comfortable um, point in time to kind of get to know, I'm getting to know them, they're getting to know me. So I kind of wait for a moment or a, like a window to kind of, um, you know, tell them about who I really am and what my true identity is. So, but until I get there, I feel like a complete fraud, if that makes sense. It does, man, it does. And, and can I also bring another side to this coin? And, and the way I've always looked at imposter syndrome is um, I don't see the world in a way that others see me in it, meaning it's the opposite that makes the syndrome happen. You know, everybody else around you is like, yeah, of course you're gonna crush it, but you don't believe you can. So you feel like an imposter in that role. Um, and that's been sort of 
my experience and how I felt it. It's it's never been about like, oh man, what if I'm not good? Because the things you're not good at, you just you're not good at. If you suck at something, you suck at something. It is the, the nature of it. But I think for me, the definition of imposter syndrome is when you feel like you're not good at something, but everybody else around you sees the complete opposite, and then you're starting to question yourself, going, oh man, are they right or am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I felt it uh, today when um, you know uh, I was thinking about hosting this topic, uh, and um, I think uh, Rajan said that it's a very uh, hot topic in the tech space. Um, so I felt like an imposter, <laughs> um, even though I I talk about this all the time. But I felt like an imposter de- delivering something that's a hot topic in uh, or with a bunch of um, you know folks in tech when I'm not in tech myself. So I, I like I doubted myself, too. Yeah, man. So the model here, guys, is we pass the mic. Um, so when you get the mic next, um, try to keep the the storyline and the monologue to a couple of minutes. So we have fast moving conversations. And of course, if you share in a couple of minutes and somebody else does it in a couple of minutes, they're going to come back to you anyways. And so uh, and, and, and also is when it's your turn to pass the mic on, um, try to find a new person that you haven't pass the mic on in the beginning so that we can continue to sort of get new people into the ecosystem. Um, Toshika, pick somebody and uh, let's see what everybody's got. Sure. Um, I'd love to hear from Gobika. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Toshika, for setting the stage. Um, Just to quickly introduce myself, my name is Gobika and I'm a founder of an early stage fashion tech company. Um, I have dealt with imposter syndrome a lot. Um, Going, I... Maybe speaking from my experience, um, I was fairly, fairly young when I did an internship at like this big place that had like people in their mid 20s, late 20s. And I felt like such an imposter, like I did not fit in, that I was not well educated for the positions that I did receive. And then when I got into, when I came back to Toronto and I worked in corporate, I was the youngest at my firm. And I did not feel like I belonged because everyone was so educated and so far off into their, um, I guess, just education that I felt like, you know, people are going to call me out thinking that, you know, I don't know my stuff. I didn't know what I was doing or like, I'm not capable of doing it. And it really took a toll on me. Um, but I have been taking like thing, I've been doing things to kind of keep myself in check. Uh, but maybe I'll share that later on as everyone starts sharing their experiences. Um, so I'll pass on the mic uh, to Mayura. Thank you, Govika. Um, thank you, Tarshika, for picking this topic. And thank you for giving us such a great definition of imposter syndrome itself. Um, so when I started to teach code, um, I teach coding to kids ages um, seven to about, I would say like, 13, 14, um, I was told that I was supposed to teach in the language Python. And although I had coding experience, I actually never did Python in my life. But I just nodded my head and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, My biggest fear was that I was going to get called out by a kid saying like, oh, you don't know your stuff. Like, why are you teaching me? Um, But I decided to use that opportunity as a way to teach myself Python, because I'd have to read the slides, go through the slides with the students anyways. So um, because of that, I would say that I'm pretty good at Python now because um, I kind of channeled that fear into an opportunity to learn. And I also learned that when you have like this kind of fear of something going bad or like, like being revealed of who you are, you have all that negative energy in you. And I used to do this thing where I used to um, think negatively so I can prepare for the worst. So this works, I don't know, when you're like an engineer or an architect and you're trying to build a building that um, withstands storms and natural disasters, or you're trying to build a phone that doesn't break when it falls. So that, it all works there when you're preparing for the worst. But when it comes to yourself, I think that when you do that, you think you're like, preparing yourself for the worst so you don't feel bad after but what you're actually doing is you're basically putting yourself through it twice what I mean by this is um so you're doing you're feeling all this negative before it happens and then if it does end up negative that's more negativity so if you think positively and kind of 
channel that negativity into an opportunity to learn or anything else positive, it kind of relieves that negativity and that fear of um, revealing yourself or being an imposter. So yeah, I hope that made sense. It does, man. And, you know, both conversations so far touched lightly on this idea of like, what if somebody caught me? Um, but so what if we fail? Like, is, is, the, is the syndrome activated because we're afraid to fail? And if you can't fail in your mind, no matter what anybody else says, then does this symptom syndrome die? Hmm. Uh, I love the perspectives being brought here. And I think, uh, you know, I love that everyone has like, a story about this topic. You know, I just want to say, like, you know, we have, you know, we have quite a community we've built here and uh, everyone's here is super open to um, share stories. I just want to ask everyone here um, to take a moment. If you like this topic, if you if you like the sharing that's happening here, um, press that cross button at the bottom of the screen and invite just one person to the room that you feel like could benefit or could share a story. Um, that being said, Myra, you, you want to go ahead and uh, pick someone, pick the next person? Yeah, sure. Um, I want to hear from Jennifer. Thank you, uh, Myra. <laughs> so I kind of have been um, coming in and out of the room. Um, I was just kind of going through the hallways. Is it possible for um, Ravi, Myra, somebody to kind of explain to me, um, Is it, are we just talking about like our, like, you know, the imposter syndrome where we, yeah, if you could just kind of explain to me so I can kind of be on topic. I can. Okay. Yeah, Toshiko, go ahead. Thank you. Um, yeah, so we're talking about um, imposter um, syndrome, like um, um, if you've ever felt like you um, didn't know what you were doing, um, feeling out of your depth, um, like like a fraud, um, just kind of guessing or, um, you know, like BSing your way through the situation or a task or, or at work. And just that feeling of being petrified that at any given time, someone's going to call you out on it and you're going to be revealed for the fraud that you are. Mm. Yeah, so I think I don't I don't know if I've um you know I've come to the rooms I think Tarshika I've, I I always address like hey I'm like 41 years old um <laughs> I try to share myself openly and if I can't then I try not to and there's nothing wrong with it um not sharing too right um but one thing that I could say is um where I don't think I particularly uh, try to portray this side of me, um, but where people might have a perception, right? Um, like for myself, I'll give you an example. I didn't go to college. I mean, I went to college like for three days and I quit. Um, and, and that was the end of that. But, and so when I get into these wonderful spaces with like amazing people, and they're like, wow, Jennifer, you've accomplished so much. Like, I mean, you, you've launched like a couple companies and you've done this and that. And I, I feel like, really, have I? Because, I mean, am I? And, and I think um, that's kind of, you know, in itself where, uh, and, and one would say, well, is that like a low self? No, I think it's more like just, I, I simply just live. So I don't. I don't really, uh, I don't really, I guess, I, I mean, wherever I go, I try to share like my authentic self, right? And I always want people to look past. Um, one of the reasons like I was, I really liked finding some of the Tamil rooms is because I've always mentioned this. I was always looking for like to connect with other Tamils and um, I just, it just felt so nice to meet so many in one room and communicate whether it's like music um so i've always looked for that connection so i guess for me i get kind of um i don't i don't feel so comfortable when i have to address like okay well this is what i've done or this is you know, so I feel like that kind of the other side of me, I feel like sometimes is 
like not the most important side of me. And it feels like that imposter, you know, maybe that, I don't know. Um, so uh, I don't know if that, if that makes any sense with the topic. Um, but I guess for me, I've always wanted, what I want people to see and know is, is that, Hey, I'm Jennifer and um, the person that I am and the passionate passion that I have, it's not, completely relevant to um always always relevant to um maybe the uh the business aspect right um that there's more to me than that and if i create then i create only to give um and i really mean that genuinely because that's really that's the fun of it is to create so you can make a difference um, and people always go, well, how do you make a difference with doing insurance? But you really can. I tried something. I did fail in it. Um, I speak about that openly. And, and then I, you know, pivoted from that. And, um, and then I'm going to relaunch that model um, as well again. So, you know, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so that's yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, uh, Jennifer. Um, but Tarshika, I mean, Going back to this, to the, to the the headline here, right? Using your imposter syndrome, I think it's important uh, important distinction uh, you brought on bringing this topic up. You know, uh, people here, you know, we've been sharing about feeling like an imposter, but how do you use this feeling of being an imposter? Mm. You so, know, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jennifer. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. There she goes. He was no, asking no. you, and then I <laughs> sorry, I jumped in. Robbie, were you asking me? I just want to make sure. Yeah, I mean, as a sponsor of the topic here, yeah. right? How do you use your imposter? How do you take that feeling and, uh, and utilize it? Okay, so there was um, a couple of other um, information I wanted to throw out to kind of get the juices flowing in everyone's um, head there. There is five types of imposter syndrome. Um, the first one is uh, the perfectionist. And um, this group, they have excessive high goals. When they fail to reach these goals, they experience major self-doubt. And an example of um, a perfectionist, you might, if they're if they're managers, they're, they might be micromanaging or, um, you know, hardly de delegating because you're trying to do everything yourself. Um, so in, in this case, um, you obviously you want to do the opposite, right? You you want to delegate more. You want to give more responsibilities to um, to your subordinates, I guess, um, your peers, um, and kind of. Uh, you know, um, shy away from from these habits. Um, the second one is uh, being a superman or superwoman. Um, they often push themselves to work harder and harder. And an example of that is um, if you are this this type, uh, you stay later at the office, um, much later than the rest of your team. You sacrifice your hobbies and passion for work, um, which that can that itself can be mentally um, crippling. Um, the third one is um, the natural genius. They feel like they need to be um, natural geniuses and feel um, incompetent if they uh, take a long time to master um, something. Um, the fourth one is um, being a soloist. They suffer from asking for help. Um, they think asking for help will reveal um, their quote-unquote phoniness. And then there's the, the last one, number five, is the expert. This group believes that um, they'll never know enough. They measure their uh, competence based on the what and how much they know or can do. Um, and an example of this group of people, they constantly um, can be seeking out um, training or, or certifications. Um, but I think the, the main thing to remember is not to freeze and try to learn or unlearn certain habits you know just just being aware that this this thing called imposter syndrome exists and identifying the feeling and being able to not freeze taking a step back and learning um how to uh, learn a new skill maybe not trying to learn everything all at once because you're panicking but learning on the go and then unlearning certain things like for the perfectionist if you're trying to do everything and you're trying to just pull pull the entire show and you're micromanaging people and hardly delegating like unlearning those things um so so that's kind of how you have to harness it um, but the first step is to be aware that you are feeling this type of way 
Man, that was so good. Like I, I didn't realize the different categories. And, you know, I can definitely see the ones I fit into. So let's let's move forward. Um, you know, uh, Jennifer, uh, you can choose the next uh, speaker. But let's let's talk in the context of how do you use uh, the impulse syndrome. So, Tarshika, feel free to like uh, dedicate that as, as needed. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was a great explanation. Muse.com has um, has a similar um, similar flow as well, and um, yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I'm gonna uh, ask for. Are we kind of going in order, or I can just choose? You anyone? can choose anyone who hasn't spoken. Okay. Yeah, um, Maria. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, I want to thank Showcase, uh, and I think it was. I don't see him on, but I was pinged to the room by two people. So thank you both uh, for uh, bringing this to my attention. Thank you to the moderators for uh, allowing me to come on stage. I was going to answer or, or rather give my experience about the imposter syndrome, but um, to answer the question about using your imposter syndrome, I think naturally the imposter syndrome kind of pushes you to keep doing more or keep striving because you're trying to prove yourself, right? You feel like what you have done is not enough. So you're constantly finding ways to better yourself, um, you know, be better than your peers maybe even. So that is a way to use imposter syndrome, but then obviously that leads to like burnout and things like that. So there's has to be a, a healthy balance. So um, I think you can definitely harness that to push you to do better. But um I don't think that it's very healthy. Like, I don't see how we can use the imposter syndrome in a healthy, like sustainability wise. I don't think it's, uh, it would really take you that far, but just to add in my experiences with uh, imposter syndrome, um, I think like as a child of an immigrant, our, our parents are just very grateful to be in the country that we are, whatever country we reside in, right? They're like, we're just happy they let us in. We're just happy we have a chance for a better life, a uh, better life. Just keep your head down and do and do what you can. And so that's that's kind of like what you are taught growing up. Like, don't question anything. Just be happy we're here and, and keep going. So I feel like that just kind of follows us into our um, our academic careers, our professional careers. Like we work, we all, all, all of us here in this room, I'm sure we've worked so hard in our respective um, journey. And for some reason, it never feels like enough because we, we have that thing, like we're just lucky to be here. We're not here because we deserve it. We're not here because we put in the work. Um, it's because, um, you know, uh, we're just lucky to be here and you shouldn't be too proud of yourself um, because the the, outs, the insiders have let you in. So just kind of like keep quiet and, and keep pushing. So that's kind of what my thoughts are on the imposter syndrome. And I will pass the mic to, I think, um, Shivani joined the room last. Um, so if she has any thoughts, that's great. Otherwise, I'll send it back to the moderators. I'm Maria and I'm done speaking. Thank you. Thanks, Maria. Um, before you um, pass the mic to Shivani, um, that was a very interesting story. Um, I, I do think about the, the immigrant um, part of um, some of our lives as well. Um, but just to kind of reiterate um, what I mentioned earlier, um, people think that successful people don't feel like frauds. There's that notion there. People think that successful people don't feel like frauds. But myself, um, knowing a lot of entrepreneurs and career-driven um, people, um, the opposite is is most most likely to be true. So I just wanted to kind of um, reiterate that again for the, the audience to hear. Um, because I, I do agree with you. I don't think there's like a set... Um, way or a set um, method that you can take um, with uh, with trying to harness it and um, using you know that negative energy to um, kind of prevail through certain things um, you kind of have to be aware that this is you have to kind of normalize it and be aware of it and I, I wanted to mention that people think that successful people don't feel like frauds um, and that's that's not true. We all feel it. Um, so yeah, with that being said, Shivani, if you wanted to add to the discussion. Yeah, thanks. Um, just to piggyback on Maria, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, being a, a product of immigrant parents, 
you're constantly told, put your head down, uh, do your best, don't ask for help, don't share your personal story. And I think that's horrible things to do in, in the corporate world. Um, you know, I, I'm an HR professional, but I'm also a, a comedian on the side. And uh, one thing I will say for using your imposter syndrome to help you is being like um, the definition of flexible and using some improvisational skills. I highly recommend taking an improv class. Um, even if you don't believe you're funny or um, you know going to be a stand-up comedian, it teaches you to put yourself in uncomfortable environments where you don't know where the direction is going, but teaching you to be an active listener and eventually you will get on board with the direction things are going in. Um, I use that, uh, I use a lot of improv skills in my, my HR field. Um, recently, I switched uh, industries completely. I was in renewable energy, now I'm in uh, biotech. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't have a clue what biotech means in, in my field and upstream and downstream processing of vaccines and medications. But as an HR professional, I take a big step back and really listen. Um, when people bring concerns to me, it's never no, it's yes, I hear what you're saying, and what can I do to support you? And yes, and is the foundation of improv and improvisation. And so that is one way I think you can use your imposter syndrome to your benefit is by taking an improv class. That's all I had to say. My name is Shivani and I'm done speaking. I love that. You know, I actually, you know, uh, taking drama class in middle school definitely helped me out like you know i thought i like um, i shared it before like uh i had problems uh, communicating uh growing up and i thought you know i misdiagnosed myself as a shy person i was not a shy person but drama uh, those drama classes when you you know you take in and you put in uncomfortable situations really showed me that hey you know in in these uh, kind of confined situations i can really shine and uh you know it, it put me down this path of like putting myself in front of uh, uncomfortable situations all the time you know, pursuing a sales career for one. So Shivani, I think that's a great insight. Thank you for that. Uh, do you want to uh, choose the next speaker? Sure, I was late in coming, so I don't know who's spoken already, but um, Dwarakish, I'm sorry if I butchered your name. Uh, it's uh, Dwarakish. Dwarakish, sorry about Dwarakish. that. Uh, that's, that's called, that's okay. So uh, hi everyone, uh, thanks for you know picking me, and uh, just want to share uh, an experience which happened to me after school. Uh, so I studied in a small town. Of, uh, it's it's nobody speaks English there, and uh, it's it's a good school, and I you know got good grades. And when I moved to uh, Chennai, that's where I did my uh, bachelor's. Uh, it was a the, the college was uh, like filled with uh, these kids who are from private schools. And oh, sorry, uh, am I audible now? Like, yeah, we yeah, can we hear. can hear you. Okay, so uh, what really happened was on the first day they uh, assessed our English language. So that's what this is the first thing which happened in our uh, on on day one. And I was put into this uh, group where the uh, my my English score was good. So they, they saw my mark sheets and my English score was good, but my you know speaking and my writing uh, skills aren't that good in English. So I was put with all these uh, you know kids from private school and they all talk in English. And uh, though I know the language and I get good grades, it was super difficult for me to go through the first semester. So uh, I, you know, I always doubted myself so that, you know, lack of confidence created a, a fear which uh, made me doubt myself. So what I did was I think uh, uh, I went to the, uh, the English department and I requested to go to a different uh, stream. But then they said, okay, 
you you cannot move so the semester is in two weeks so you have to go through this and one professor asked like what is the problem and then explain them this is the problem i think i'm in the wrong group and uh, they uh, you know told me that it's okay it's fine but then uh, this is like a very good opportunity so what you do next semester is we're going to uh, is it okay if you if we put you uh, put me back in the same uh, group and uh, there was no you know written uh, semester exam for the next uh, course so it was all uh, they call it power communication and uh, the semester exam was supposed to be uh, you know you have to make a, a video of you speaking and then you have to talk about some uh, talk about topics and uh, i took it you know upon myself and that created a confidence so at the end of the semester i got a job at i mean one of my professor uh, like helped me to get a part time job at a contact center and i it it, it, it though you know i couldn't you know like uh, wasn't up to their level i i you know slowly uh, developed my uh, skills so uh, as you know like to speak in english so that was very difficult for me because uh, back for 17 years nobody speaks in english in in you know inside the school and everybody speaks tamil and then you know when i was put into a, a different group and i had the fear but then it happened to me even after coming to canada so uh, i mean that was due to uh, the lack of experience here but then i took it upon myself and i always you know doesn't uh, reveal like how long i've been here and when did i moved so uh, right now i i work for, for a bank and uh, day one uh, what happened was they asked like oh, there were a lot of immigrants there new immigrants and a lot of you know uh, people from india a lot of people from nigeria so the question usually be like oh, when did you go you know arrive to canada and uh, i got this job you know after four months after landing and uh, i you know hesitated a bit and then i said okay you know i landed four months back and then there were people who have been here for like 10 years 15 years but then that experience in college taught me not to you know have that kind of self you know doubt about myself uh, you know if, if i don't know anything so i just go and whenever i do a transit i try to read about the current affairs the culture uh, try to read about the canadian history so i can have some conversation during lunch or or during a break to my colleagues so yeah i mean it's a personal experience so that was uh, i like your story because um it sounds like you identified um the the imposter syndrome um even though you may not have known what it what it actually was especially at a young age but the fact that you identified it and you realized that okay i need to turn this around and do something about it um that that shows um that shows a lot of like positivity in there um itself um because successful people they don't question themselves and it didn't sound like you questioned yourself cuz you made it this far and you know like you you um beat out like all these other um people that probably wanted to get to where you are now so it's good that you didn't question yourself instead it sounded like you questioned your knowledge and your ideas which is a good thing to do cuz if you doubt yourself that that's going to hurt you more if you question your knowledge and ideas it's only going to make those things grow and get better and you created that learning environment for yourself um you identified um when the water was too deep for you and you actually did something about it you weren't afraid to ask for advice and you didn't see that as a bad thing you used you, you took that advice and that learning to improve your idea and learn and now you are where you are so i really liked that story Okay uh I chose uh, Tam Cool um before uh, Tam actually get started uh, Satish you know you want to get us re- uh, reset in this room Yeah man overdue. and and I also wanted to share a similar story um when we moved from Singapore to Canada I was fluent in English but I was so shy and you know one of the points maybe it's it's not far stretch assumption but I feel like being South Asian we're we're told too often all the things we suck at 
whether it's school, sports, whatever it is, where we start to internalize all the things we're not good based on all the people's opinion, even though you're like, I'm really good at this stuff. And I had a creative side for as all long as I can remember being a little kid, but it was so squished into this, this is not good mindset, the things that naturally felt comfortable for me was when the imposter syndrome creeped up. And then one way I turned it around was to look at, well, how much do I care about like the outcome of this thing? And the more I focused on how much do I care about the outcome, it allowed me to figure out how to get out of this imposter syndrome. And then in the opposite way, when I can't find an answer to how much do I care about what I'm doing, it's also a good trigger for me to get out of whatever I was doing. So that's one way I've sort of figured out a formula for myself. But for the everybody joining the group right now, you know, we're talking about imposter syndrome, but not from your typical, what is it, but how can you use it? How can you use it to empower you? How can you use it to break through? And so we want to invite you to come and speak. Folks that are up already, uh, we want to hear from you. Um, and so let's pick the next person. And and if anything said here, and I think everybody's saying some amazing things, so please poke their faces, click that follow button, turn on the little notification. We're here every single night, 9 to 10, and we're always looking for new ideas and new hosts to come up and, and stir conversations. So if you're interested, message Ravi, message me, and uh, we'll, we'll get you in the lineup. So uh, let's pass the mic. Tower, I think it's... Hey, good evening, guys, and thanks to the mods for this topic today. Um, I just wanted to share uh, an experience I had uh, while working um, with imposter syndrome, I guess, um, like a part-time job that I took up. Even though I had a full-time job, um, I, I wanted to do something part-time because I wanted to test my my fields in something else other than IT. So uh, one of the jobs that I, that I took up on was uh, to go into retail sales. And I felt like an imposter even right off the bat when it came to the interview. So when I sat in front of the, the, the people who were interviewing me, I had no history in sales at, at a retail shop. So this was for uh, Harry Rosen at the time. Uh, so here I am at Yorkdale Mall entering Harry Rosen, going in for an interview. And all I knew is I had good customer service skills. I can talk um, and probably make a few sales here or there. But... It was commission based. So this is something where I felt like, oh man, I'm gonna have to like, you know, really wing this throughout. And if, if it's commission based, I really have to get some sales going through. So I, I felt like I was an imposter during the whole interview, but somehow they hired me. And uh, here I was on the sales for the first weekend, um, selling brands I had no idea about. Uh, brands I personally didn't even wear because they were way too out of my budget and <laughs> ties and suits that were like $400, $500, which I thought I would never buy. So um, I felt like an imposter doing it. But uh, once I got on the sales floor, uh, you know, I had like one client come up, you know, ask me about a certain thing, a certain product. And, you know, I just literally winged it and, you know, told them this is nice. You know, it's got it has a nice texture, nice feel. And I can kind of relate to what uh, Shivani was saying with the whole improv side of things. I actually did uh, a couple of improv classes with uh, a friend of mine um, uh, who took me in uh, to do it. And I, I found that really helpful because you can just improvise really with, <laughs> and I use that skill at my sales job to uh, pretty much improvise that whole sale. And he wanted to buy a tie, ended up buying a whole outfit with me. and. That was like such a big commission. And like all these people that were working on the sales floor was like, how did this new guy just all of a sudden <laughs> go from buy, selling a tie to but an entire suit or a whole set wardrobe for this gentleman? And uh, yeah, so I felt like I felt like, oh, man, you know what? I like I really winged this. I didn't know what I was really doing about like, you know, selling it. But I guess just the way I talked to him and the way I approached it. So I believe like my customer service skills and the way like I communicated with him on a personal level probably got me that that sale. And I felt like a total imposter the whole time. And every week that went by, because I was doing this on the weekend anyway, so I got more confident and I felt uh, more comfortable with the sales. So I was like, okay, this is working for me. But, you know, one of the things I did was I, I went home and I researched the product. So I researched where they were from, like, you know, like brands I haven't heard of, like what, 
like, you know, what materials used in it, you know, and just, just to get an idea for my own self, right. Just to, to learn. Right. So maybe the, the part, um, I, I would say is like, I, I like to be a perfectionist. That's one of my things, like just to get, you know, like to figure out things and just like get everything done properly. So I went from becoming an imposter in the sense of being a, an imposter on the sales floor. But over time, I got really comfortable with the job. I started making a good commission and I kept that job for a couple of months. Uh, it wasn't bad. It was a good side hustle. But uh, it was something that I felt totally uncomfortable because it wasn't something that I did before, right? So I, that's the part of me that felt like a total imposter. But yeah, just uh, I, I guess my my efforts in communicating with this person really helped me throughout uh, the sales process. Yeah. Hey Tam, uh, before you pass the mic on, and also Tarshika, at what point, like, does this? Uh, feeling leave or does it never leave just evolves and then you go from like i'm i'm feeling imposter in this area like sales and then you move into oh i'm 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 good with sales but then there's another one that pops up and I, is it a continued evolution or does it stop well for, for me for me i felt like the first first time i like since i saw success right like if i if i failed miserably i was just like okay i'm an imposter i'm just not going to make any commission and i might not ever come back to this job next week cuz i probably won't make any money <laughs> selling anything right but i i guess you know like once i got comfortable with that i was like okay you know what maybe i can try something else so i actually moved from this retailer to another retailer which um you guys might know Danny leather um they were around before in Canada at a point where they were like one of the largest retail leather uh, manufacturers here in Canada, but they started shutting down, but they got rebought. And here I am at, at this, at this place where majority of the clients were female and I was a male salesman on the floor, but at that time I had no idea about leather jackets or anything. So yet again, like I just went with the flow and like, you know, you get a bunch of females coming up to you asking you, oh, how do I look in this? What do I like, you know, and here I am just like lying and just saying things where I felt like a total imposter again. But it I, I it was getting like it was getting the sale done. Right. So I like I guess, yeah, I just went with it and I just kept growing it. Right. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess like if, if you if you find success in it and you can continue to pull it off. Uh, yeah, go with it. I think for me, um, I always feel like I have chronic imposter syndrome because I'm always trying to do different things. Um, I, I like a lot of change, um, so I, I do move around a lot. Um, so I like I feel like I have my, you know, I only have two feet, but I feel like I have like maybe four or six and I have them all planted in different areas of my interests, my skills, my passion. So at last, I think a couple days ago, we talked about alter ego and success. And I, I mentioned that I feel like I have many alter egos and many identities and, and personalities. So I feel like I'm always battling imposter syndrome and it's, it's a little bit chronic for me. So I don't think it'll ever go away. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the chronic idea is, uh, I think, uh, crucial there, is key there, because uh, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, I, I think what we're describing here is this feeling of being inadequate and how that drives us to be better. Um, you know, every time, you know, this is probably our 30th uh, den that we have done, you know, it's a recurring, uh, a recurring uh, series. And every time I start one of these rooms, I'm like, that's it. This is the one that no one's going to show up to. You know, I'm gonna launch this thing, and no one's gonna come in here. This is, you know, this is the, where it dies. And then Tarshika comes in, and somebody comes in, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's picking up, <laughs> and it's going. You know, um, you know, part of when we when we started with Clubhouse, I, I recognized that feeling of like, okay, when I'm starting a room, you know, th there is anxiety around this. It's this, it's this thing of like, okay, why am I starting this room? Who's gonna follow me? Who's gonna follow me in here? Uh, you know, what do I have to say about this topic that's going to, you know, bring attention from other rooms and all, the, all these headliners with like 200, 1,000, 2,000 people in those rooms? Why would they come in here? But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm frequently surprised when people come in here and, and they, 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 they message back saying, hey, thank you for doing this and the positive support. And that reinforces and, and takes it away, you know, like, so 
the the support structures and uh, it is so key to around you. And and Mark, um, you know, who can't speak today, but uh, you know, message me on the side. I talked about this. You know, having a professional cheerleading squad almost like where you can go to uh, and uh, you know and share uh, an un, uh, you know your your you know a new venture or new thing you're doing or uncomfortableness and being able to get that support. Uh, really drives uh, creativity and drives you to, you know, seek that higher level of performance. So definitely, guys, um, let's keep this going. Tam, uh, you choose the next speaker. Actually, Ravi, um, sorry, Tam, if I can choose for you, if that's okay. <laughs> I want to um, hear from, sure, uh, Ra- sorry, Tam. I want to hear from um, Rajan um, because he did mention um, that uh, it's a very hot um, topic in tech. So just to hear the tech side of, of things and imposter syndrome and anything related. Uh, thank you, Tarshiga. Uh, hey, all. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great topic to deal with, especially in the, during the pandemic. Um, uh, one of the things that I've seen in tech is, um, be it engineers, be it managers, uh, you know, be it whoever, uh, there's always been a case where they they uh, they exhibit imposter syndrome. Um, and part of the reason being, they start comparing to other people. And often that's what leads to that scenario. Um, and when you, like every person in an organization is hired because they raise the bar um, for for their job. Uh, it's just that you know, obviously, some people are skilled in certain areas versus the other person. But the moment you start comparing yourself to another orthogonal skill set, that's when people feel like, oh, am I not good enough? Um, should I be not in this team? And I've I've seen cases where people leave organization because of that. I've seen people quit their jobs because of that. Um, so it's it's recognized. Um, you know, there are a lot of dollar, meaning you know, millions of dollar invested in corporations to have you know diversity and inclusion, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, 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 initiatives where um, leaders, peers are encouraged to learn about imposter syndrome, Tiara syndrome. That's also another um, uh, problem where especially uh, female engineers, um, they, they undermine their capability, they undermine their deliverables. Um, and while uh, a peer who's a male who probably makes as much of work or less than the, the female engineer tend to go around brag about how good their work is. Uh, this is one of the challenges that I've seen. Um, you know, I, I directly manage about uh, seven female engineers in my org. Um, and this is something that I'm very careful about. Um, I, I do make sure they have that safe space. I made sure to have them get the, I guess I myself show them my vulnerabilities. Sometimes I would I would go ask the stupid question uh, with them so that they feel open about asking similar questions or be, I guess, inclusive and, and find it's, it's okay um, to ask questions that are not, you know, super straightforward or super um, accurate. It's okay to ask silly questions too. And at the same time, um, uh, uh, some of the people that comes with similar, I guess, uh, I guess behavior of an imposter syndrome or behavior of uh, Tiara syndrome, it's my job um, to push them to change that behavior. Um, there are cases where I would tell them, hey, maybe you should approach it a certain way. Um, and then some, for some of the people, uh, I would try to identify why they feel that way. For example, I could have a, uh, a senior software engineer. One of them is male, male. the other is female, where um, the male could be exhibiting strong behavior in a bunch of different technical stacks, where the female engineer just knows one technical stack. Um, fundamentally, that shouldn't matter, right? Because there are things that you can go learn. Um, I take initiatives around, let them go learn new technical stacks as needed. And I, I make sure, you know, we, we operate on uh, Sprint and uh, I guess Agile and Scrum. And I make sure um, every Sprint, I give engineers one whole day to go learn something new so that, you know, they're, they're able to go and address these things. So, um, 
when I say hot topic, it's something that's actively looked at and actively, um, uh, uh, I guess, coached and provided help with. Um, and and you know, personally, I, I experienced this. Um, I was the youngest kid in my university uh, for my batch. And when I went in there, I was like, oh, uh, did I come to the wrong place? Um, and I, I would also spend a lot of time studying, preparing, knowing that other people are smarter than me. And similarly, uh, when I went into my career, um, I, I always made the mistake of looking at people who are above me and think that I'm not good enough. And But what I did is I turned that around to um, go and improve myself. If I think somebody else have a better skill, I would go seek to learn that skill for myself. Um, that's how I grew. And I think people should also, um, like I think Tarsika earlier mentioned about the uh, story Dwarakesh mentioned, um, don't doubt yourself, but rather doubt the knowledge or doubt the skill and go learn that. And I think that's the, that's the best way to mitigate imposter syndrome. And then in terms of the tiara syndrome, I, I want to make sure that you guys are not undermining your contribution and make sure you're vocal about it. Rajan, I just want to say, um, first, thank you for bringing up the idea of tiara syndrome. You know, you taught me a lot uh, by, you know, uh, identifying that issue. Uh, I love the fact that, you know, you as uh, someone who's in charge of people at an uh, institution like Amazon is thinking this way and is actually pursuing this. Um, guys, I just want to highlight one of the things Rajan does, uh, even to with me and this group, is he pings me on the side and says, um, you know, we don't have enough female speakers. They need to ping more uh, representation here. And it keeps me accountable as a moderator uh, to, you know, to make sure there's diversity and the voices are being heard at a proper point. So I just want to highlight, Rajan, you know, thank you for that. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely uh, a skill that we need to train uh, to think about. And uh, the knowledge you shared now was, was spectacular, so thanks. I think that shows um, a lot of um, um, good points on, on you just being, um, as a hiring manager, you're very inclusive. And you give the platform to um, to to the the folks that you manage, um, so that's that's good. There's not a lot of hiring managers like you, uh, and being in HR and you know um, driving a, a a campus program and hiring emerging talent from literally from coast to coast. <laughs> um, sometimes it's it's very frustrating seeing um, you know certain hiring managers and their management style. So I think this speaks a lot on you. And I, I like the fact that you recognize um, imposter syndrome. You know what it is. You know what TRS syndrome is. Um, and you're giving a, a platform for both uh, male and female to to improve and, and be there um, equally and contribute equally. So hats off for that. Perfect. I, I also want to execute some executive authority like Tarshiga did. and. Uh, nominate Nav to go next, because uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry, I wanted to come up and speak earlier. I was putting the baby to bed, and so I, I couldn't come up soon enough. But uh, no, it's it's a super fascinating topic, and I love what Rajan talked about uh, in terms of um, you know the, the tiara syndrome and, and the idea of getting credit and giving credit. And I think um, one way to think about this is, you know, uh, we look at validation internally and externally. And this idea of imposter syndrome is a lot about not having enough internal validation. And, um, you know, this is a flaw that uh, people can easily self-identify where they feel like an imposter and it, it's, it's immediately visceral and you, you, know, you, you know you're experiencing it. Um, but what are the, the, the consequences and the long-term consequences are that it can limit your career growth. And that seems kind of, you know, pithy and obvious. Um, but from, from a larger perspective, it's something that you need to then uh, realize it's the lack of internal validation and the need for external validation and tune yourself that way, right? And, and really like change how you're approaching feedback in a way that, that you seek it out so that you can gauge where you sit. There's times when you do need some negative feedback or some positive feedback, and both are uh, valuable. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, a lot of highly motivated people are the ones who get 
imposter syndrome the most. And that's where it seems, um, you know, the most surprising. Really amazing manager think that they are not good at their job. Uh, and part of that is kind of, you know, uh, having very high expectations of yourself. And that feeds into that same cycle of not having enough internal validation. And so, uh, you know, not only are you likely high potential when you're having imposter syndrome, but you can tune yourself away and uh, be cognizant about it and, and tune yourself away from internal validation and seek that external validation to, to uh, push yourself ahead. I just kind of had that 